Hey everyone, and welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is guiding people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue, and joining me is my co-host, Annabel Rios. All right, guys, we are going live in three, two, one. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Hero's Journey. Today is a special day. We have a, a guest that someone we've been wanting to interview for a while. We've, we've watched some of his YouTube videos, aka the Big Beef Bull. Very popular with us. <laughs> Cam, who's this guest that we have here? So today we have Paul Horn. I'm actually just going to read his bio, so I'm, I'm not insulting the man here. So Paul Horn is a mediocre lifter with woeful average <laughs> genetics. He spent over 20 years trying to simplify the process of building a strong, lean, muscular physique. He holds a master's degree of art from New York University, and he earned his starting strength coach credentials in 2012. Paul owned and operated Horn Strength Conditioning, which was the first starting strength affiliate gym on the West Coast uh, from 2013 to 2020. Uh, he decided to, he, just, he dedicated his career to helping people of all ages and athletic abilities build a stronger, healthier, and more useful bodies through a radically simple approach to fitness. He was originally from Los Angeles, California, but now resides in Boise, Idaho with his German shepherd, Clint. But I got to ask me before Clint. we get started. Yeah, how's that? I see him down there. How's Clint doing? I know yeah. he was a little sick earlier this week. Yeah, Clint had um, it's just real bad diarrhea. <laughs> oh, it's a, this is a great way to start the podcast. <laughs> just talking about diarrhea. Um, it's only it's gonna go. <laughs> we can only it's, get better from here. Right? There's only one way up. Yeah, when you said yeah. he, he got on your car, yeah, like, that's rough. Yeah, he uh, he's normally pretty solid, but uh, he he was bugging me. You know, we kind of have our schedule down, and he was not leaving me alone, and I was ignoring him. And then I came out, and he just like all over the carpet, and it was been a rough couple days. But I think we got him dialed in now. He's feeling better, so I think. <laughs> Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, like, this is a lot of fun. So <laughs> all right, so see you later. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we covered got, all the important points. Like, I think we're good. So we, we we do have a lot of lot to ask you and talk about today. But you know, one thing: if people look at you and and they see um, your physique and see you've written books and know that you're a coach and you've been doing it for a while, sometimes that might be intimidating for some people. And saying like, "Well, how did he even get started?" Like, you know, I haven't started yet, or I'm still beginning. Like, so maybe we can start with just how did you get started in your health and fitness journey. Oh man. Um, yeah, we were talking about you, buddy. So I was a, uh, vegan in my <clears throat> early twenties really? and yeah, I was 160 pound vegan. It's a long story. I was reading, <clears throat> I was, uh, a friend's mom recommended a book and it was all, it's called diet for new America. It was mm -hmm. from the guy who was the heir to the Baskin Robbins ice cream empire. And he oh. like walked away from it and wrote this book about why you shouldn't eat any animal products. And it was like, it was so graphic. And, and then at the same time <clears throat> in college, I was the only elective that would fit my, in my schedule was a environmental psychology class. And the teacher was a vegan, lifelong vegan. Hmm. And so I'm reading this book and then I'm going to class and the guy's saying the same thing. And I'm this impressionable, like 18, 19 year old. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess I need to be a vegan. And, uh, so, you know, it was a phase and I was doing that. And then 
I was a camp counselor every summer at a beach camp in Santa Monica. And I met these two guys, Mike and Tom, who are now still my best friends. Nice. And, uh, they were like, they were, I was a, I was in punk rock bands, you know, I was like a skateboarder. Yeah. Long hair. They were like, uh, at, at, you know, long ish, but, but that I was sort of the alternative thing. And these guys were straight up frat frat bros. Mm. And I always thought those guys were like jocks and whatever. And, 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 but they were so cool. Like, and we spent the whole summer together and one day they were like, Hey man, we, you, you want to come to the gym with us? I think you'll like it. And I was like, like the gym. And, uh, yeah. So we went to like a 24 hour fitness the first exercise we ever did was tricep extensions, like LTEs. Yeah. Beautiful. First moment in the gym, the, he hands me the bar. He goes, all right, so just bend your elbows, <laughs> lower it down to your forehead. And and I just slammed it into my forehead. Oh. And for the rest of the my first session in the gym, I just had this like big red dot on my, <laughs> on my forehead. And I just felt like an idiot. But, you know, we, we went through it and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then, you know, so just to hang out with them, yeah, we would get, I would go to the gym with them and, 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 and my muscles started like seizing up. Mm. So I would do, you know, some, like we were just doing total bro splits. Nobody had any idea what they were doing. And, and, but I would get these like horrible cramps. And one of these guys, you know, in his bro wisdom was like, Hey man, I think you need to eat more protein. <laughs> I think, and, I think I've heard like, that word. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what pro like what's protein. And so I decided after like three years of being a vegan, I was like, okay, I like this lifting thing. Yeah. I'm going to, and I remember they tell you like, if you haven't had meat in a while, it, it can really upset your stomach. So <clears throat> I remember I picked a day where I didn't have like any classes and I, and I sat down with a can of tuna fish, <laughs> have a Clint moment. <laughs> and I was like, okay, here we go. And I just ate like tuna with like wheat thins or saltines. And 30 minutes later, I was euphoric. I've never felt better in my life. I was like bouncing off the walls. <laughs> Cause wow, keep in okay. mind, this was the time when like, you know, it's a lot easier to be vegan. Now there's like vegan mm. fast food chains. There's vegan foods, like plant-based options at Costco. There was Mm -hmm. none of that. And so like, I was like, something was missing from my diet. Like I wasn't getting my nutrients in obviously because I felt high and like so good. And, uh, and that was it. So then it went from like, I was eating tuna every day and then eggs and then chicken and then eventually beef and, and just, you know, and then through the process just really liked the fact that I could go into the gym and lift weights and then like my physique would change and like girls in cl- my class would be like, have you been working out? And like, that felt really good. You're like, and, I mean, uh, a little bit. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. So yeah. It's worse when they ask, like, you know, they're like, do you work out? They're like, Oh God. Just, ah. oh. Um, you can't tell. So, yeah. Oh, oh, it's devastating. It's devastating. So, so yeah, so then I was working out, still doing bro stuff, you know, reading blogs, like early, like T-Nation, bodybuilding.com, trying to piece together, you know, how do you do this and whatever. And then long story short-ish, 
I ended up having to have a shoulder surgery because <clears throat> nobody taught me how to bench press. Mm-hmm. And I tore my labrum bench pressing incorrectly. And so this was the first time in, I don't know, 10 years that I was out of the gym. I had to be out for three months. When, when was that? Tara? How old were you? I was, I think I was 30. So, so you've been going for about uh, yeah. seven years at this point. Well, let's see. I started lifting when I was 20. So, okay, so 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. About 10 years. And, uh, yeah. So I, so I'm, so I was like, you know what? I really like lifting. I realized the only, no one taught me how to do any of this stuff. You just like everybody, you just watch the other idiots in the gym doing their thing. <laughs> and you're like, you just assume that guy knows what he's doing. Cause he's stronger than you, but like, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know. He, he just learned from watching some other guy. So, uh, so I was like, I should look into like, I have three months. I should try and figure out how to bench press and not have to have shoulder surgery. And I started looking and I stumbled across some blog posts from Mark Ripito. And I was like, who's this like Texas football coach guy? Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Just like, I'm not doing that. Like the yeah. guy wants me to squat all the time. Like that's nonsense. And, uh, I'm going to make your chest bigger. Yeah. I was like squatting. Like who squats? Like nobody squatted. Like you, no one, the squat rack was always empty. No one did it. And you know, you did leg presses, leg curls, all that stuff. So, um, and then he, he just kept like popping up in my world. And, and I finally got my hands on starting strength, the book and I read it and I was just like, Oh my God, like this is the best thing I've ever read on. Like this guy explains this in a way that I've just never heard. It's like the Mm -hmm. most logical explanation of how and why you should lift weights that I've ever read. And so I was like, okay, well, three months, you know, I read the book, I bought into it and I went back to the gym three months later. Keep in mind, I'm training at my college gym as an alumni. So it's me and a bunch of like 22 year old dudes and these were guys that I would, you know, do bro stuff with. And I came back and and I'm squatting three days a week. I'm doing the starting string novice progression. Yeah. I'm the only guy with weightlifting shoes. And I'm the only guy in the squat rack. And these guys are like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're squatting three days a week? Like that's insane. I was like, I don't know. This crazy guy in Texas was like, I should do this. So I'm going to do it. And within like three months, I was basically the strongest guy in the gym because I was doing a practical, logical training program rather than just Mm -hmm. dicking around, you know? Yeah. And then the same guys were coming up like, dude, what is going on? Like you've gained like 10 pounds, 15 pounds. Like you're squatting like three plates. It was like a huge deal to squat three fifty. Like no one squatted three fifteen in the gym. Now it's like Mm -hmm. everybody does it, but And I was like, yeah, I, you know, this starting strength thing. And so I became like a huge fan and my girlfriend at the time as a Christmas present sent me to the starting strength seminar in Texas. And um, yeah, yeah. And so I just like, I just wanted to meet rip. I wanted to like see the gym that was in the YouTube videos and the book and like, So I went and uh, they used to, they don't do it anymore, but they used to just, if they thought you were good, they would just say, Hey, we think you can be a coach. Do you want to take the the written exam after this Mm -hmm. weekend? And, and like, I was like, okay. So it was like me and one other guy out of the group and uh, took the written test passed. 
got my certification. I was officially a starting strength coach. And, uh, and yeah, then just kind of went from there. I don't know if you want me to <laughs> keep giving you the history, but no, that's, it, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that was how I became a starting strength coach and then ended up opening a gym a couple of years. Like I worked the seminars with rep for a while and then opened a gym, the a starting strength affiliate, and then, and then came up to Idaho eventually to help open up the franchise gym up here. Heck yeah. So, that's yeah, that's kind of it. But it all started with stamping my forehead with an LTE, but with an easy curl bar. That's amazing. Um, I, I had a a little similar experience. My my wife, there was a, it was I think it's a starting strength affiliate gym, or there was a starting strength coach back in her hometown of Amarillo, Texas. And when I oh, got yeah, really, yeah. when I got when I got into um, starting strength, uh, we went to go visit her family, and she was like, "Cam, I found I found a gym down there. Do you want to like?" you know, have this person actually like look at your form and like coach you. And I'm like, I love that. So she like set this thing up and I went in this, uh, this lady just, she watched my squad. She watched all the main lifts and like critiqued me and stuff. And it was best money I spent that weekend. So do you cool. remember her name? Um, I don't, I, it, it almost sounds like a Russian name. Um, yeah. but I don't, I don't think she, at the time, I don't think she had it. I think she was either training for it, and she was now the owner of that gym because that owner moved someplace different and gotcha. so started another gym there. But I, I'd have to go through my, my email. Okay. And find, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I know her, but it, it, but it, but, but all that was kind of similar to you. It was, it was a new experience to walk into a gym and, and just see a couple of people, you know, with weightlifting shoes, <laughs> uh, a, a belt and like squatting and not yeah. just, not just on machines. Cause it that, uh, that gym wasn't set up for it. I mean, I think there was like a CrossFit area in that gym, Yeah, but, but again, <clears> there wasn't <throat> much of machines. It was, it was just barbells and, you know, pull-up bars and stuff. Yeah. People who weren't around then or into fitness then don't <clears throat> kind of realize the major shift that happened all at the same time. It was everything in the, you know, nineties, eighties, nineties was bodybuilding it was you know muscle beach and yeah. schwarzenegger and ronnie coleman and you know all these and jay cutler and it yeah. was all about bodybuilding and then three things hit at the same time it was like within a couple years of each other crossfit came out starting strength came out and p90x came out and all three well so crossfit and starting strength were the first, you know, organizations are pumping out this message of like, it's not about your biceps. It's about yeah. what you can do. It's about like, who cares if you have abs? Can you deadlift 500 pounds? Cause that's what really counts. Nobody even thought about that, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and then at the same time, P90X, the DVD, you know, beach body, yeah, but they actually spent millions of marketing dollars convincing people that working out was supposed to be hard because um, everything else, all infomercial products before that was like Thigh Master. It was like the total gym with Chuck Norris, like five yeah. minutes a day, slides under your bed. You don't even have to really sweat, you know? And P90X came out and they're like, no, 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 this is going to burn. Like it's going to be real hard. And so this message, you know, came out like first it doesn't it's going to be hard and it doesn't matter what you look like it's about what you can do and it just everything shifted you know all yeah. the machines went out barbells came in chalk you know warehouse 
gyms and industrial parks popped up everywhere and like everybody wanted squat racks and and which now is a, oh which is a yeah. great message because i mean as people age like I, I see people all the time in our therapy clinic that they can't do anything not only are they just weak but they can hardly get out of a chair they can't kneel on the yeah. ground and uh i mean we even see people that uh do go to the gym who do have muscles that are, they can't even get their arms over their head you know what i mean like <laughs> you, you can tell they don't overhead press or even like can, they can't even do a pull-up like they, they're not functional they they have muscles but they they don't have anything else. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was an interesting time. And now, you know, you know, fit, it's all cyclical, all the, you know, trends come and go. And, and about, I don't know, five years ago, you started seeing everything shift back towards machines and, and bodybuilding and just, you got a hint of it. And now, you know, you just start seeing like, gyms would pull a squat rack out and put a, you know, functional trainer in. And because people were demanding it, you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. And you realize what happened was <laughs> we were all doing bodybuilding and then we all started doing basically powerlifting and we all got fat and hurt <laughs> <laughs> and, and older. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we all got to a point where we're like, you know what? Doing some like cable flies seems pretty cool. right now <laughs> Cause like, that seems like a lot more fun than me trying to PR my deadlift again. And so you, now we, it, what's happening is the pendulum swung yeah. one way mm. from in it, one, from one extreme to another. And now it's coming back to the middle where it's like the right approach is kind of a blend yeah. of, yeah, we're going to do some, look, you got a squat, you got a deadlift, but you also can do some curls. Like that's okay. Yeah. And you can use some machines for assistance work as long as you've done your, heavy stuff. Yeah. And like, that's a good place to be like, that's, it, you know, it keeps training fun because as you know, having gotten into the starting strength world, like it can that be brutal. Program is amazing in the beginning because you're like, look how strong I'm getting, look how much bigger I'm getting. Like, this is awesome. And then what it takes to eke out another, you know, two and a half pound jump on your overhead press is like, Oh, like is this it's even about an LT? My it's forehead. just every like everything's a grind, and you're like, I don't even like this anymore, you know? Yeah, and no, I'd... that's that's kind of where we are. So we're back to this sort of mix, which I think, yeah, it's a good thing. Well, let's dive let's dive deeper into that because I, I do want to talk about your books, and I'm sure this is you know as you're saying here is almost like your part of your training philosophy. But uh, Paul has a book out called Radically Simple Strength that came out in 2022. Um, it's basically, it, it outlines like a no nonsense barbell based training program, easy fall nutrition plan designed to help average guys create a solid base of size and strength. I think one of the, the bit, one of the statements in is helping average guys build awesome bodies. Um, you like tell that? Us about, there we go. That <laughs> do what? God, I gotta have a tagline. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, well, how, how did you even come up with that tagline? Yeah. Oh God. I don't know. I, I. You know, my gym in LA, I had, my tagline was ordinary people, extraordinary strength. And, um, so I kind of liked the, the vibe I wanted to use it, but I wanted to be clear that this is a book. This is not a book for, for powerlifters or, you know, D one collegiate rockstar athletes. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, those guys don't need my help. Those guys are fine. (laughs) 
and I'm not, if, if you want to be like an elite power lifter, like there's better coaches than me. Like, you know, I, because my gym was in Los Angeles, my gym was in this area called Silicon beach. So it's right next to all these tech companies, YouTube, Google, Facebook, like Snapchat, they're all like right down the street. So I would get a lot of nerdy software developers, you know, these Heck yeah. young yeah. guys. Yeah. They were like young guys that had like, they're, you know, 25 to 35. They, they made great money. They had like nice apartments, nice cars. All the pieces of the puzzle were there, but they just like didn't have girlfriends. <laughs> they realized like there's something missing in my life. And it's because maybe it's because I'm 135 pounds, you know, and all I do is sit and code all day. And, you know, they go on, you know, they do their research. They go on Reddit, they go on, you know, YouTube and they find starting strength. And so then they would go and starting strength is so logical that, you know, if you're a, a software developer, like you like the, the system, you can see it. Mm -hmm. It makes sense, you know? So they would come in and I just loved working with those guys. Like, it just like, it was like this, you get this like nerdy skinny dude and you know, you train him for six months and he gets, puts on some muscle. He starts like filling out his t-shirts and, and then six months later he comes, he comes to the gym and he's like, uh, Hey coach, like I've been talking about the gym a lot, like with my friends, like, would it be cool if my like girlfriend came by and I'm like, Oh yes. You're like, you're getting laid. Oh my job. It warm. It warms my heart. <laughs> You know, and they would right. bring these cute little, these cute girls in. And you're just like, ah, oh, this is amazing. Like, look at, look at all that deadlifting that you in squatting, like, look, you're, you know, so, so when, you know, when you write a book, they tell you, you should write it for like one person, you know, like have a avatar in your mind or mm -hmm. else, or else your advice is just too generic. If I'm trying to coach people in their seventies and also women. And also, you know, it's like, you're not, it's too generic. So I just picked my favorite demographic of these kind of software developer guys. And I was like, and I tell the story in the intro to the book, I was at a bar and I'm an introvert, but you know, and I'm looking around and just kind of people watching and like, there's this guy and he's one of these guys. He's one of these guys pre lifting you know yeah and he's trying to like have fun and he's like trying to like talk to girls and you know but he's shy and he's kind of pudgy and I, the whole night i was like oh like if i could just like get you get my hands on you for like six months like i could change your life and i thought what would i want if i could walk over and hand that guy something and just be like just do this like, just ignore every, just do what's in here. And I promise you, you will be happy. Like your confidence will go through the roof. You'll be happy with how you look like it'll work. Just do it. And so I just went home and started writing it. Like what, what is the plan that I would tell a guy like that? And that's radically simple strength. So it was, <clears throat> you know, as a, early in my coaching career as a starting strength coach, I was like, buy the book starting strength. And then you actually put it into the market and you test it with real clients. And you have to do this balancing act between, you know, doing the 
programmed the way the program's designed, mm-hmm. like as optimally as possible. And then the realities of like people don't, you know, they're not like dedicated lifters. Like some of them yeah. are. Sometimes yeah. you get guys who are like all in and they're great. They're super fun to coach. But a lot of times you get a guy who's kind of like, eh, you know, <laughs> like, so how do you keep them? How do you keep it fun? How do you keep them engaged? How do you keep them from getting frustrated when it does get to be, to become a grind as you guys know? So I, you know, came up with all these strategies and little tweaks to the original starting strength methodology that like seemed to work better for my clients. And that's sort of what, what went into the book. How can we make the workout shorter? Like you got 45 minutes to an hour and they got to go. So you can't do the Texas method because you're going to be in the gym for three hours. Like they, no one can do that. I mean, the subset of like hardcore dedicated lifters could do it, but I would never give it to like a, you know, to 75% of my clients because they're just not going to do it and it's going to beat the hell out of them. They're going to quit and then they're not going to pay me anymore. (laughs) So I had to figure out how do we like, how do we do this well enough that they get results and they still enjoy it and they still like doing it because if you don't like doing it, you're going to quit and then it's not good for anybody. So that's really like where the book came from and, and sort of the, the overall message of it. Heck yeah. Um, well, so compared to like other books, what would you say makes uh, radically simple strength uh, different maybe from other books? <clears throat> good question. Um, I would say that it is very, it's, it's probably more rigid, particularly in the nutrition section. So first of all, I included a nutrition section, which was a gap that I saw with starting strength and that it's not a knock on them. The book is what the, the book does what the book is supposed to do, which is like, this is how you get strong. But, and then just like drink a gallon of milk and get you know, get your body weight to 275, you know, or Rip's going to yell at you. Right. Fine. Like, you know, I get it. Like, that's a very clear message, you know? Um, But not everybody wants to be a 275 pound powerlifter. And so, you know, there was a gap I thought with the nutrition stuff. Yeah. So the lifting part, it's not different. It's, you know, the, it's a, a series and progression of templates that worked for me and for my clients and sort of a guide of like, do this, then do this, then do this. And here's how, you know, when you're supposed to go from one to the next and like, but every training book does that. So, I mean, you know, any good one will have, you know, the template part is easy. I think the, what would really separates it would be the nutrition section because I laid out meal plans and most fitness books, the nutrition approach is okay here's the formula to calculate your <clears throat> total energy expenditure and then multiply it by your activity level now you have yeah. a calorie number now divide that into protein carbs and fat and a lot you know and then and then figure out a way to a lot to hit those macro targets with these variety of foods and it's like so generic and overwhelming that Nobody does it like, yeah, you know, they just look at it and they go, "Eh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. So I was like, 
the, the guys in my gym would ask me for nutrition advice and I would tell them kind of like, well, you got to be like, just vague. And the guy was like, look, one guy in particular, he goes, just, what do you eat? And I was like, well, I make this bowl of rice and beef. And he's like, can you send me the recipe? And I was like, yeah. And I just sent it to him. And he's like, this is amazing. Thank you. This is exactly what I wanted. I don't care. I'll just eat eat that. And I, and I was like, oh, okay. So there is a little, um, like a, there's a group of people who respond to this. So I basically just created these meals, adjusted the, you know, the, the amount of food in each one, and then divided it into, if you're 160 to 180 pounds, this is the diet you're going to eat. Like these meals, everything's laid out once you, you know, and then if you're 200 to 220 and then two, you know, 240 to 260, it's the same meals. It's just like the amounts are different and it's very specific and very rigid. And my thought was like, I'm just going to tell you what to eat. And then just eat, you know, if you're 180 and you want to gain weight, eat the 200 meal plan. And when you stop gaining weight, eat the 240, just, you know, and in the other way, it works the other way too. If you're 260 and you want to get down to 220, just eat this meal plan until you stop losing weight and then switch to the other meal plan. And you're just, it's like, you're just manipulating how much rice, how many protein shakes you have, like very, very simple. And I, I remember I got the first draft of my book back from my editor. Who's not a lifter. He's a runner. And he was like, I would never do this. (laughs) And I was like, Oh shit. Like maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should take this out. Maybe I should like go more generic, like more broad, like just, you know, get 200 grams of protein and fish is a good source of protein, you know? And and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like everybody does that. And that was a risk. And I, I put it out and yeah, there are some people who are like, this is, I need more variety in my diet. I like to eat a bunch of different things. I love to cook. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. So I did include a thing that was like, here's how you can sort of make your own meal, but still adhere to the plan. That was like a, a, something that the editor suggested, but I got a ton of response from guys who were like, thank you. Like, just, you just tell me exactly what to eat and I'll do it. I don't even care how it tastes. Like just, you know, and so that's, I feel good about that because it was, I was really nervous about it, but the response has been like, you know, this is exactly what I needed. And again, it's not for everybody, but for a lot of guys, it just simplified that process. So I think that's really the, one of the things that separates the book from everything else that's out there, which is like, it's, it's very specific. No, I definitely think there's a a market for that. Some people just prefer to be told, eat this and you'll be set. And I guess was, was your nutrition. Is there a specific direction that you, I guess, lean towards? I know there's all these different fad diets out there, or (laughs) you just more so on the, I don't know, whole foods, or I guess what, what, I don't want to say it can't, but which direction do you lean more towards? Um, I, uh, you know, he's, I don't follow. Yeah, <laughs> secretly, I'm still, I'm, I'm still. You know those muscles don't come from beef, Paul. I mean, yeah. Look, you've seen gorillas, right? They just eat bamboo or whatever, and or leaves, and they're just jacked. Um, 
So no, I don't subscribe to any camp. I think you should eat like a grown up. Like everybody, <laughs> this is the thing about the new, this is the thing about diet, right? Diet is the hardest part of this to fix because you know, I told my clients like I can make you squat. Like if if you will get your ass to the gym 3 days a week, mm-hmm. like I will I will make you squat and the program will work. Right? But I charge a lot to come to your house and slap donuts out of your mouth. Like it that's a I just can't be there all the time. You got to make food choices constantly throughout the day. All you have to do to get your work to train productively is like just drive to the gym three days a week or two days a week. Just show up and let your coach motivate you to like, you know, like once you get there. But the food thing is it's a 24-7 battle and you got to do it every day. And so it's tough. Like it's tough to keep people motivated but we all know what to eat you know like if you're fat you know you shouldn't be eating the foods that you're eating like no one thinks that like donuts and you know and drinking a bunch of beer is going to get them lean so the hard part isn't that you it's not the knowledge it's the actually doing it it's the motivation mm-hmm. to do it and that man that is the hardest part of it is like how do you give someone the motivation to follow any diet. I don't care all look, every diet works. Every diet that restricts calories, which they all do in some different way, whether it's eliminating a food group or a time restricted feeding window, whatever. It's all calorie control. But it's the it's finding the thing of like why are you why do you want to lose weight? You know? And if they don't have that, they're not going to do it. So the training part helps because you want, you know, that's a reason you want your squat to go up. You want, you want to build muscle. You want to look better. So, you know, you have to eat a lot of protein and your, cause it will impact your performance. So that's one, but the fat loss part is like, that one is tough. And now it might be a moot point because Ozempex out and you can just take that. And apparently you're good. So, so I was, you know, my next project was to do a full on like diet book because a lot of my guys are like, look, we want more info on diet. We want more options, more. And I was thinking, kicking it around and I'm going to, I'm working on something, but at the same time, like, you know, all these Ozempeg fat loss drugs come out. It's like, is this, should I even do this? Like (laughs) in in five years, is anybody going to need to? follow that, a diet they just that also makes your squat go up from what i hear it apparently fixes everything but <laughs> makes you stop drinking like yeah it's crazy but um but yeah to answer your question back you know you, you know what to eat you know you should eat food as close to how it was killed or how it was pulled out of the ground as possible don't eat a lot of processed foods but like i eat processed foods mm-hmm. you know i still drink like you should, you got to find the thing, the balance there so that you enjoy yeah. it. And some people need to be incredibly rigid. Like we just did this fat loss challenge on our Reddit group where we all tried to lose weight before the holidays. And I'm a huge advocate of having a cheat. If you're dieting, having a cheat meal at the end of the week. So if you lost weight that week, you should reward yourself on Saturday night and just go nuts, like, like disgusting nuts. 
<laughs> because it, like it, for me, it, 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 one, it gives you something to look forward to. Yeah. Right. You're, you're not depriving yourself for 12 weeks. You're depriving yourself till Saturday. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you, cause if you don't lose weight that week, if your weight went up, then you, no cheat day, you didn't earn it. Right. So you're like motivated. You're like, no, I want to. And it's this fun night where like during the week, I'm like stocking up at Costco. I'm like, I'm going to eat that pumpkin pie and I'm going to, like, you know, and then, and then Saturday night rolls around and you just like gorge yourself on everything you've wanted to eat. And it's like the best. It's so fun. The next morning, you're so disgusted with yourself that like, I mean, I've gained, I've my best cheat day. I gained 10 pounds in one night. Like I was, I was like 190, 195. And then I was 205 the next morning and it's all water. It's just, you know, cause by the end of a cut, you're so carb depleted that like the salt, you know, it just, you just, and the carbs just sucks. So that was my best one. And then, but then you're on the, you're on the toilet the whole day on Sunday. You just feel awful. And Monday rolls around. You're like, I don't even want to eat anything but salad for a couple days. So I'm then gonna, that, that pushes you to like Wednesday. So you only have to really diet for like a day or two before you get another cheat day. So it works really well. And I forget why I was talking about that, but, um, balance, we need some balance. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, right. You gotta, you gotta find a way to stay motivated, keep it fun and shrink it. But it's not like, like, like I said, everybody knows what to eat, what not to eat. Yeah. It's and so if they're if you're not losing weight, it's like you you there has to be a why. And yeah. you can't I, I've talked about this before, but every person who's coming to my gym, a lot of people would come in and say, Hey, I just lost 50 pounds. I just lost a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. And now I want to get stronger. I spent the last couple years like lo- like doing that. And now I really want to start building. And my first question is always like, tell me about the moment you decided to lose the weight. And they all like, they all have it. There's a moment where they were, someone took a photo and they just, they, their gut was hanging over the edge and they were embarrassed. Someone yeah. yelled at them, you know, for being too fat for a seat and they had to get a seatbelt extender and like delay the flight. Yeah. And they were like, that's it. And those people are, they will lose the weight. Mm. The people who are like, eh, maybe I want to lose 10 pounds. Like, good luck. Because it doesn't mm. matter. You can always start tomorrow, you know? And so that's why we did this challenge. Cause I was, I wanted to lose some weight and I was like, I'm not doing it. So maybe if we do it as a group and we yeah. check in every Monday, like, and it worked, like, even though I knew what, what was happening, it still worked where I was like, all right, I got to show these dudes on Reddit what's up. <laughs> they started Keyboard kicking warriors. my ass. <laughs> Dude, they start well, I was like, uh, maybe I'm not going to do this. Like I kind of maybe I want to and and then I saw the numbers and I was like, "Oh, you guys are actually like going to beat me. Like I can't let that happen." So anyway, oh, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. What are um what are some common mistakes that you see uh people make uh, in the gym, maybe in the kitchen? I know we've talked about some of that already, but yeah, sure. what are some common mistakes? Um, I mean, there's obviously technique mistakes. So, mm-hmm. and those are, there's a, a ton of those. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest mistake that guys in my, dem- my target market average guys 
who are kind of new to fitness, new to strength training, uh, is they, they don't pick a goal. They, you know, you're, you're trying to do two things at once. You want, you want to have a rip six pack and you want to have a 500 pound deadlift. And so they, they do the strength training thing for a little bit and then they kind of feel fluffy. So then they decide they're going to cut and Mm -hmm. they just don't, they end up not being very strong and not being very lean and not being very muscular. And you have to pick a goal. You cannot do two things at once. You, you can, you can be lean, you can get strong and you can be lean, but you have to do it in the right order. So if we, you know, and, and most people need to, most men are under muscled. So even if they're fat, even if they have some body fat on them and they think I need to cut, it's like you, you probably don't need to bulk like the, Mm -hmm. like the little skinny guy, but you don't need to cut. You need to get strong. You need to spend a couple years building muscle so that when you cut, you, it, you actually have something to show off, mm. you know, so if you're 165 pounds, 185 pound doughy dude, who's never lifted and you cut, you cut down to 10% body fat where you're just like, you look ripped. You're going to look like you have cancer because you don't have, you just don't have any, there's not, you're not, there's nothing to show, right? Cause you never no, built right. any muscle. So, you know, if you want to, like, I've, I've said this before, but if you want to be a jack dude, when you're 40. Or in your 30s, you got to spend your 20s getting as big and strong as possible. And this is where Ripito is right. If you have a young man in his 20s, it's like, don't just get, don't worry about body fat. Just get as, put on Mm. as much muscle mass as you can while you have poisonous levels of testosterone and a pretty easy college schedule. You know, you don't have kids. You don't, you don't even have a job. Maybe (laughs) like all you got to do is go to class and eat right. And lift and you'll, and you can sleep 14 hours a day. Like just like I squandered that, you know, so many of us Mm -hmm. wish we could go back with what we know now, you know, cause I would have got, I would have been a 275 pound power lifter for sure. Because when you go to cut that off, you know, you hit 30 and you go, okay, now I want to get lean. It's like, okay, fine. You're going to be like 225, but you're going to be just absolute, you're going to be a monster. Yeah. Like just rip to shit. And, and, but that's the way you have to do it. Right. And, and so that's the biggest mistake is like, they'll just, they'll do one thing for a little bit and then they want to cut and then they, and they, and they program hop, they'll stick with, you know, a program and then it kind of gets hard, you know, the squats are scary. And so they're like, I'm going to do this other program. <laughs> and it's like, it's not the, the programs don't matter. My, the programs of my book are fine. The program, but there's a bunch of good programs out there. Just pick one and get the weight on the bar heavier. Like if in 10, if in 10 years you're lifting more weight than you were year after year, like it's working, right? If every one of those years you can do more weight then it worked. And if you can't, you screwed it up. Right. Mm-hmm. If you reset too many times, you, you know, and, but all of this, it just takes, 
a lot of trial and error. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. It was like, let me let help you learn from my mistakes. Cause I figured it all this out the hard way, you know, it was just, it was just getting in there and making a ton of mistakes and wasting so much of the product of my productive training years, trying to navigate yeah. this. And and now it's like, hopefully I can help some people, but they won't listen. You know, <laughs> you know, I, everything I just said, there's a guy who's like, yeah, I still think I need to cut. It's like, dude, no, that's why, you know, I just, we had a question about this on Reddit the other day, same kind of guy. And I put strength goals in my book, like tier one, tier two, this is what an average guy should be able to do by the end of his novice phase, you know, and not everybody's going to, it's a generalization. And then if you hit the tier one goal, this would be the tier two goals. And like, and the, but so it's like, you should be able, by the end of your first, like six months of tra- six months to a year of training, give or take, you should be able to squat 315 for one rep. You should be able to pull 405 for one rep, bench 225 press a plate, right? One rep. Like that's completely doable. And if you haven't gotten there, like you need to get there. Don't worry about anything else. Just Mm -hmm. get your, you haven't done the work to be, or you haven't earned the right to think about doing a different program. Just do this one, you know, make some minor tweaks as needed, get some help on, you know, from a coach or something. But like, if you can't do that, like, don't even talk about cutting because you got a long way to go. You know what I mean? And that was our, the question I read it, this guy's numbers weren't anywhere near that. And it's like, he wants to cut. It's like, no man, you gotta, I tried to light a fire and I think he's getting back on track, but nutrition wise, the biggest mistake would be, um, well, I think it's too much variety. I think, I think one of, the biggest mistakes people make is that they treat training and nutrition as different, different things. Right. So in principle, like you have a training program and the training program tells you what to do when you go to the gym, you might not want to do that thing that day, but that's the program. So if you want, if you expect this program to pay off in increases in strength and size, then you do the program. You know, and it's like, I don't always like, I don't want to deadlift every time, but like, it's, it's not curl day, it's deadlift day. And, but we don't treat our diet that way, right? Your diet, you don't treat your diet like, no, this is the plan. I'm going to eat these meals and I'm not going to eat anything else because, you know, it's like if I'm supposed to be doing overhead pressing and I, you know, want to one day just throw in some tricep extensions that are not part of the program. And then I have to press tomorrow. Like it's going to ruin my press. Like I'm, it's going to blow my program. And it's like, you know, yeah, look, here's your meal plan. Even if you calculate it and you, you come up with a template and then you want to eat like cake. It's like, well, that's not part of the plan. Yeah. So, you know, treat, you know, you have your extra, you have your workout, you have your meals, right? You have your exercises, you know, and, and you have your sets and reps, you have your calorie amounts, you have your portion amounts. Like it's the same thing, but people associate food with like social events and comfort and pleasure and Mm -hmm. indulgence. And it's a treat and it's like, it can be, but are you happy with how you look? 
Cause if yeah. you're not, you should try treating it like your workout, you know, like you don't skip days. You don't skip meals. You don't do exercises that aren't part of the program. You don't eat foods that aren't part of the program. Like if you have that mentality, you're going to do way better, you know? And, and so I don't know how you guys are in terms of like your, how you approach food, but there are guys like me and a lot of my buddies who just like, we don't like food. Like I like a good dinner, obviously, but like food is fuel. It's just what I have to eat to hit, you know, to do all the, to allow my workout program to pay off. Yeah. So I don't care if I eat the same thing every single day. Like I don't, it, I like it. I don't even want to think about it. You know, I found the things that I like and, and, and that I are decent. And like, I just eat those. There are people who, you know, they need tons of variety. They can't tolerate eating the same thing every day. And mm-hmm. like, and I'm just, again, that's not a knock on them. People are different and I get it, but you know, it makes it hard if you, yeah, it makes it hard. It makes it hard to stick to a plan. So, yeah, you know, if you can adopt that mindset of like, I'm going to treat my diet like I treat my workouts, I think you'd be better off. And I think that's the mistake is that people don't do that. They think it's a separate thing. All right. Annabelle, you asked about the second book. Yeah, I wanted to transition into the second book. I know so we kind of understand you need to be able to hit those strengths numbers, do it for about a year, maybe longer until you hit them. Because I think in your other book, you're you're switching from more of a strength training to more of a, a bodybuilding type programming. So I guess talk talk us through that, through that shift. Sure. So like I said, um, I noticed <clears throat> the trend changing in the sort of fitness culture, moving back to out of pure strength training, powerlifting, and back into incorporating some bodybuilding. I noticed it because it, it appealed to me. I started messing around with more bodybuilding stuff like I used to do when I started training back in college. I was like, you know, I kind of miss these. I kind of miss doing cable work and and using the functional trainer and stuff like that. So I had started incorporating it back into my own training. And a lot of it was because of what I mentioned earlier, which is a lot of us in my coaching world and my, you know, the buddies that went through this journey with me, we all got to a point where we were, you know, we were fat and hurt and we didn't, and we weren't competing anymore in powerlifting. So the, and just the thought, like, I didn't care if I set a squat PR. I didn't care if I PR'd my deadlift anymore. Like there's a point where you, every lifter gets to where you have to look at what it's going to take you to get to that next PR and you have to decide if it's worth it. And a lot of times, like, you know, you know what it would, the level of dedication, the grind, all of the things that you would need to do to eke out a 10 pound PR. And you get to a point where you're like, I'm not willing to do that. It sucks. It's not fun. I've done it. And I just don't care. And so what do you do? Cause you gotta, you gotta, you gotta lift. So you gotta find a way to make it fun. And so you gotta pick a different goal. Well, maybe it's to, you know, PR some assistance exercise, or maybe it's to start working on bringing up the lagging parts of my physique. Like Mm -hmm. one of the things with 
you know, a pure powerlifting approach is that your chest usually sucks and your shoulders suck. Like, cause overhead pressing and bench pressing don't really build like the traditional powerlifting version of a bench press. It doesn't really fill out your pecs. I mean, it's intentional. You're kind of trying to manipulate the range of motion so that you can lift as much weight as possible, but it doesn't really mm-hmm. like hit the pecs the way that some of the assistance exercise, the way dumbbells do, the way fly flies do, incline presses, stuff like that. Same thing with shoulders. Like overhead press is a great exercise. It sucks for filling out your delts. Like lateral raises run circles, like 20 pound lateral raises run circles around an overhead press for just giving your shoulder like shape. And I was like, I'm pressing 200 pounds. My shoulders look like shit. Like, and then I was like, maybe I'm going to start doing some lateral raises. And like within like three weeks, I was like, damn, okay. (laughs) You know, so, so it's, you know, the book came from, look, I don't want to grind everything out anymore. I don't, I'm, I, you know, I'm tired of getting hurt and doing the powerlifter thing. I want to, maybe I want to focus more on my physique and get back into some bodybuilding. And I think a lot of other Mm -hmm. people would too. So the idea with radically simple strength, the first book was like, here's how you get strong and here's how you manipulate your diet to facilitate that. And then to cut off the fat when you get to that fluffy point, because if you do it right, you're going to get a little fluffy and then you can cut Mm -hmm. and, you know, and so that, that was radically simple strength, but And then you could just do cycles of that for as long as you want. But if you wanted, you know, you're okay, I'm strong now. I'm stronger. I like the way, you know, I like my numbers. I I get, I get how the diet thing works, but now I kind of want to focus on like some bodybuilding stuff and just looking better. And so I wrote this kind of, it was supposed to be an ebook. It was originally just an ebook of like, here's what, here's what I would do. Cause I'm always trying to stay a couple steps ahead of my guys, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so I'm, whatever I'm doing now, like they're going to find out about later. And so I was, this is what I was doing. And guys were asking like, look, what do I do now? Cause I don't really, I'm kind of where you were. I don't really care about PRing anything. And, And so I came up with this, I was doing this program that was a lot of assistance exercises, a lot of bodybuilding stuff, but still had a logical progression for squats, deadlifts, bench press, you know, still like at least maintaining that strength and then possibly continuing, but the, it, it really spreads out the frequency. So you're not squatting heavy every week. You're not deadlifting heavy every week. It it rotates. And so Mm -hmm. it's very, it's a lot more tolerable. It's a lot more enjoyable because you, you know, you only have to deadlift heavy once every two weeks and it still works. And and that was one of the things It's like, yes, the bodybuilding stuff really helped my physique and it was fun. I like being in the gym again. I like messing around with these things, but it also, I noticed as a welcome side effect, my numbers started going back up into PR territory. Like I, I wasn't even planning on hitting PRs anymore. Yeah. And, and, and just by giving myself more recovery time, my deadlift started to go up. My squat went into PR territory and it's like, okay, I'm never going back to like, <laughs> just pure. Like, power do you remember squatting three days a week? Like that, I, it's unfathomable to unfathomable to me now. Yeah. Like, you know, I squat once a week and only once every two weeks it's heavy and it's, it's still working, but it, it, so 
that book is a very, there's more bodybuilding stuff, less frequency with the heavy, with the heavy lifting. And it's a very low volume program. So I always tell people like, this is not a beginner program because in order to make a very low volume program work, and I'm talking about like some of the templates in there have like one set you go in, which is what I do now. It's like you go in, you do one set of squats and there's rules for when you add other set. Yes. And, but in order to make that work, you have to know how to make the absolute most out of that one set. You got to know how to hold your form together and just grind out that fifth rep or whatever to actually generate that training stimulus. And novice lifters don't know how to do that. They just don't have the experience. They don't have the neuromuscular efficiency. So that take, that's why they need more volume because you're going to make up the work with lots of sets and reps because you need practice to develop that skill. But the goal, like the way I look at the trajectory of a, of a, any lifter is like the, it starts with like low intensity and lots of volume as a novice, because you just don't know how to handle heavyweight yet. You're not good at it. And, and what should happen if you're training sort of logically is as the intensity starts to go up, the volume starts to fade away till you get to the point where you can, where really the priority is intensity. So, and, and because, and so it's like very little volume and I love it. My workouts take like 30 minutes <laughs> and the numbers are going up, but you gotta, you have gotta to earn that. Right. Volume. Yeah. You, you gotta learn how to do that. Or if you just take a intermediate lifter even and put them on a program with one set of bench press, it's like, it's not going to do anything, you know, yeah. cause he doesn't know how to push into that intensity yet. So, but over time you can get there. And so that's really what the book is about. It's like bodybuilding, less volume, more assistance exercises, and kind of where do you go once you're, once you've hit these levels of strength to keep, to keep enjoying what you're doing and mix it up a little bit. What are your top five isolation slash accessory exercises? Ooh, okay. Good question. Paul is it after six, it's after six, right? It's, what time is it for you guys? It is nine oh or eight oh nine. All right, so we're both after six. All right, we can we can have whiskey then, right? <laughs> yeah. As long as I've been sitting right. there, <laughs> it's been I've been staring at it, man. I was like, if I do this, like, okay, you got you got to wait till six o'clock before you can. Uh, it's like six ten right now. Okay. Hmm. Um. Top five assistance exercise. Okay. Uh, LTEs, lying triceps extensions with an easy curl bar. Uh, not with dumbbells. That is the, in terms of, you know, assistance exercises are supposed to assist the main lift, right? Mm. So the main lift being bench and press as far as in my experience, no other assistance exercise, main exercise relationship has the same payoff or effect as LTEs do on bench press and overhead press. You take a client who's getting, you know, a novice or something, and they're just, they're starting to stall on their bench and press and you throw in LTEs, just like two, two sets, eight to 10, you know, just throw it in once a week and they're, they will just get unstuck 
It's 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 dramatic. It works every time. So and it makes your you know makes your arms look better. So LTEs for sure. Okay. Um, lateral raises, dumbbell lateral raises for aesthetics for mm-hmm. just you know making your shoulders pop. Absolutely essential. Um, what else? Oh, um, lever rows. So barbell rows. I don't know if you guys played around barbell rows. They are the worst exercise ever. I hate them. I never feel like I'm doing them right. I never feel like I'm hitting what I'm supposed to hit. You're using hip extension. You're using knee extension. It's just like the, the margin of error with like how vertical your back angle. It's like you they're impossible to coach. They are so hard to push press in a way. Oh yes. Like like where you can't really. It's like, what, like, are we, are we using your delts or are we using your quads? Like what, why are we doing? Hate barbell rows. So, um, but a lever row is, you know, it's like a chest. Well, if you think about like a T-bar row or like a chest supported Mm row. Um, so the, but with a chest supported row, like it's hard to move a lot of weight. So there's a, um, so if you get a landmine, you know, where you can stick the end of a barbell in it and then there's a handle and I'll give them a plug. I don't get any kickbacks for this, but there is a, a handle made by, oh God, I'm going to botch it. I think it's iron. It's called the iron grip or iron master multi-grip row handle. I think hmm. that's it. It's like 115, 120 bucks, I think. And it's a adjustable uh, handle that slides on the end of a barbell and then it has a neutral grip and a prone grip and it's V-shaped. So you can hmm. do, you know, you get, you can basically do T-bar rows and it just feels, it's like night and day. Your back, it'll smoke your back. You can feel your lats working. You can feel. And so for back work, like lever rows alternating between a pronated grip and or a neutral grip and a pronated grip, like yeah. absolutely every week. Uh, I got two more. What else? Uh, barbell curls. I mean, obviously you have to, you got to do barbell curls, curls. The girls, baby. It's another one where it's real easy to cheat, you know, and you're not even working your So you, There's a, there's a, that's why their assistance lifts is the, you know, there's a, a little bit of momentum allowed, but not, you know, a lot. So um, you got to do those right. And what else is in my program that I'm missing? Cause I know there's another one in there. Yeah. We can, um, we can do- this isn't really an assistance exercise, but I'll, I'll, I'll mix it in there. I have s- swapped out um, standard barbell bench press for a very low incline bench press. So same thing barbell, but I just take it up to about 15 degrees and like I was talking about earlier with the standard powerlifting bench press, not really building the chest. There's something about that low incline that just shifts the touch point a little bit and lets you get a much better stress. And so I would say that, you know, I would consider that the fifth one, Yeah. just like very low. You can even, if you don't have an incline bench, you can even take like a 45 pound plate and put it into the bench. And just that little bit of angle, it's like you feel it in a completely different way the next day if you do it right. So that's that's probably it. Nice. You got yeah. the closing question, Annabelle? 
Oh, yes. <clears throat> so it's a question that we're wanting to ask a lot of people, a lot of people that we've been interviewing is, in your opinion, what do you think that some people are able to change long-term and others aren't? I mean, it... In your experience that you've you seen. You kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Yeah, you got to have a why. You got to have yeah. a why. Why are you doing this, right? And if, mm. if you if you have, you know, oh, sometimes it's like a breakup, you know, and you, oh, here we go now. Okay. <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, he's like, dude, are you guys on the last question? Like we're about to be on I, the last question. This is the last question, Clint. Do you want to tell them about your diarrhea, buddy? Do you want to come full circle on the podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta like motivation is so hard to, you can't give someone motivation, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm sure you guys know people who are in these like horrible relationships and you see it and you're like, this is not going to work out, you know, or it's just like one of your yeah. buddies who's with like a horrible go- girlfriend. And you're like, dude, how do you not see this? Yeah. And you can yell at him all day. And it's like when he's ready, like one day he's going to wake up and he'll be done. But until that day comes, mm. like, you just got to be there. Like, listen, man, I'm here to support you, whatever. And it's like the same thing with family. People are all, guys who are into lifting are always trying to get, I need, I want my wife to lift. I want my, my grandpa to lift. You know, I need my dad. My dad's getting old. I need him to lift. And I had a guy one time call me from Australia and uh, tell me, he said, he was like, my uncle is in his eighties. He's falling apart. He can, you know, barely get around the house. Like you, I'm a huge starting strength fan. I love Ripito. I need you to call him and convince him to come to your gym and lift weights. And I told him, I was like, look, here's my phone number. Okay. If there's one thing I know from doing this for 10 years, like running this gym, it's that you can't convince an 85 year old man to do anything he doesn't want to do. So when nope. he's ready, this is my number. You have him call me and, and we'll go and, and then we can talk, but I am not in the business of trying to convince someone that doesn't know they need to lift weights to yeah. lift weights. Cause like, I want to talk to the guy who wants to know, do I do CrossFit? Do I do, you know, this program, that program? I know I need to get stronger, which like, I'll talk to that guy all day yeah. and make my case. But, you know, it's in anything that you do in life, it, you have to, you know, you have to have a reason to do it. And I don't know that you can, I don't know that we can give it to someone. I think it's, you know, you got to go to the doctor and he's got to tell you, you, you know, he's got to scare you or you got to fall or you got to mm-hmm. struggle picking up your kid or I don't know, whatever it is, you got to, yeah. it, it'll come when you're ready. but. You know, it's and and though that's the difference. It's the people who have that and the people who who just heard that they should and were like, okay, I don't want to, so I'm gonna pay this trainer. And then if I pay him, then he'll make me do it. It's like those are the worst clients. <laughs> yeah. like, they don't want to be there, you know, they don't want to be there, they're not motivated, they're like, they're like, I thought you were gonna like motivate me. I'm like, I'll I'm trying, but you know. Yeah. You know, like if you want to go do yoga, go do yoga. Like I can't make you want to do this. Like you gotta, fortunately for my 
target market of of average dudes most guys want to look pretty good you know yeah it's kind of they're they're like i want to yeah that's kind of their why some summer's coming i want to like just look yeah their why is like i just want to be jacked (laughs) it's like it's like yeah okay that's i never really thought about it this sort of a genius segment i picked they just they just come with a why you know? Yeah, I mean, like, as you were saying, I'm like, it seems like their why is that <laughs> they want to get jacked. They're, yeah, they're like, I want to get jacked so I can get laid. And okay, that's a that's a know, why. That's a that's not going away. That's a yeah. persistent desire. So hopefully, uh, I'm here for the long run then to help Let's go. to help with that. Help those average average guys. <laughs> average um, guys. Well, my, we have my, a few, my guys. We have a few <laughs> mediocre one might say. <laughs> all you know what embrace it embrace it you know Um, i like i said the point of the one of the things i said i said in the book was like look we're trying our goal is above average strength and below average body fat that's great that's it i we're not this book is not none of my books are for elite level anything or four percent bodybuilding in a purple thong with a spray tan that's not me. It's like, I want you to be, if you walk into a room with a hundred guys, I want you to be in like the top 10, <laughs> you know, no, that makes, like that makes sense of, of just above average and below average body fat. That's it. And that's attainable. We can all do that and we can still enjoy a glass of whiskey at night and live our lives. And all right, right. So you were saying, so I got a few fun rapid fire questions. Shouldn't take too long. Just kind of pick your brain real quick. Okay. Uh, trying to just try and, you know, answer as quick as possible. Okay. So first one is, uh, who's stronger? You or Broji? Oh, Grant. Machines or dumbbells? <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, uh, they only get harder from here. Machines. I, uh, yeah, I'd go with machines. Yeah, I go with machines. Okay. Upper body or lower body? Unfortunately, lower body. Okay. Push-ups or pull-ups? Oh, pull-ups, chin-ups, chin-ups, chins, <laughs> more bicep. Come on, That's man. Right. Well, come <laughs> on. <laughs> cro- cro- CrossFit, yay or nay? Oh, God. there's so much to say there. Um, yay or nay? Just generally speaking, yay or nay? Yeah. Uh, y- nay, but with an asterisk. Okay. With an asterisk of they, they have done some good things. Anyway. Okay. Long run, long runs or sprints? Zero runs, uh, sprints, reluctantly sprints, long runs. Absolutely not. Oh, well, thanks for uh, answering those, uh, fun (laughs) rapid fire questions. Dude, those are so unfair. Like we could could do an hour on the, on the CrossFit one and and, and talk about CrossFit. Dude, anytime, anytime. Yeah. So I guess, where can people find you? What else are you working on that you want to share? Sure. Um, the hornstrength.com is my website, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. They're all at hornstrength. Um, and we have a, but our Reddit community is really the thing where I spend most of my time. Okay. So it's, it's Reddit, r slash hornstrength. Um, we have a great community there. A lot of the the most common feedback we get is that this is one of the most civil places on the internet. Everybody is very cool and very supportive. It's probably because we're not big enough for all the trolls to come in, but everyone is like, 
very nice, which is rare. And we're just trying to help guys navigate the books and figure out what to do. And then, so I'm there every day answering people's questions. If they've bought the book and they just want to know what to do next, like there's tons of information on there. Um, and then every Friday on YouTube, I do a episode of form check Friday, which is Mm -hmm. basically we have our Reddit guys. There's a Reddit thread that opens up every Wednesday and you can submit your videos for, and then Friday without looking at them, I turn the camera on and I go through and I do, and I just do form checks and that video goes up on YouTube Friday night, Saturday, and it's, it's free. So if you want to get your form checked, and, you know, if you want me to yell at you <laughs> about shoving your knees out and driving your ass up. Um, but it's my favorite day of the week. Like I, I just love it. Like it's so fun to like, and I just blows my mind that every week it like fills up. So we usually, I'd usually do about five to eight of them. And, um, I lock the thread when I hit that number, but, um, we get new guys every week and, and guys that are returning who like their squat was just a disaster. And three, like two or three weeks later, it's like, they're just crushing it. So, um, that's probably, and all the old episodes are on up on YouTube on my channel. And, um, that's probably the place to interact would be Reddit. Uh, yeah. Reddit or, uh, you know, drop your form into form check Friday and let's, uh, let's take a look at it. Well, Paul, thank you so much for being on, man. This was, this was a blast. It was fun to pick your brain on these things and we'll definitely have to have you back in the future. Appreciate what you guys are doing. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. And like we like telling you guys, remember you're human. You should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. See See you guys.